first scripture, Proverbs 1.5. A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. Proverbs 1.7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 3.11. My son, do not despise the chastising of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father the son in whom he delights. Proverbs 9.8-9. Do not correct a scoffer, lest he hate you. Rebuke a wise man and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man and he will be still wiser. Teach a just man and he will increase learning. Proverb 10:17. He who keeps instruction is in the way of life, but he who refuses correction goes astray. A Proverbs 11:14. Where there is no counsel, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors there is safety. Proverb 12:1. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. Name calling at his finest. Proverb 12:15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. Proverb 13:18. Poverty and shame will come to him who disdains correction, but he who regards a rebuke will be honored. Proverb 15:5. A fool despises his father's instruction, but he who receives correction is prudent. Proverb 15:10. Harsh discipline is for him who forsakes the way, and he who hates correction will die. Pro- Proverbs 15:22 Without counsel plans go awry but in the multitude of counselors there is established Proverbs 15:32 He who disdains instruction despises his own soul but he who heeds rebuke gets understanding Proverbs 22:15 Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child the rod of correction will drive it far from him Proverbs 23:12 through 14 Apply your heart to instruction and your ears to the words of knowledge do not withhold correction from a child for if you discipline him with the rod he will not die you shall discipline him with the rod and deliver his soul from hell Proverbs 24 6 for by wise counsel you will wage war your own war and in a multitude of counselors there is safety <gasps> proverb 28 23 he who rebukes a man will find more will f- find more favor afterward than he who flatters with the tongue proverb 29 15 the rod and rebuke gives wisdom but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother so call me crazy call me crazy But I have a hunch, I have a hunch that the Lord is trying to get something across to us. Just a hunch. Usually when the Lord says something once, he wants you to listen, says it twice, he really wants you to listen. Say it 18 times in the book of Proverbs, he really wants you to know something. And here's the thing, those are the ones that are just blatant, blatant about seeking counsel, seeking wisdom, seeking correction and receiving rebuke. Those are ones that were just really clear. There are so many more. So I have a hunch, a pretty good hunch that that God wants us to tell, tell us something tonight. Amen. So has anyone ever been to a rodeo? Okay, wow, okay. Has anyone ever like seen a rodeo on television? Who has never seen a rodeo? Like a bull, like a bull bucking. Who has never seen that? Entree, stop it. You are a bull, oh my gosh. Okay, so a bucking bull. We know that that bull wants to get that bull rider off its back as fast as it can. The faster, the better. And that bull rider is holding on for dear life, trying to make it happen, but that bull is bucking like crazy. 
You heard of Buck the System? The title of my message tonight is Don't Be a Bucker. And I, I am fully aware that that almost sounds like a naughty word. Fully aware. But now you won't forget it, right? Don't be a bucker. Point number one, you've got to take it. You have got to take correction. When people come into your life and try to give you wisdom and speak into your world and bring some correction, some counsel, can you receive it? Are you trying to buck it off as fast as you can? Are you trying to get them off your back so you can just get on with what you want to do? Do you buck against wise counsel and correction? Or do you receive it? Proverbs 1.7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 12.1, whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. Proverbs 10.17, he who keeps instruction is in the way of life, but he who refuses correction goes astray. Proverbs 13.18, poverty and shame will come to him who disdain correction, but he who regards a rebuke will be honored. The Bible says if we don't receive correction, that we are fools and we are stupid. I love that the Bible says we're stupid. And it says that your life will go astray and lead to poverty and shame. If you don't listen to correction and receive correction, your life will lead to poverty and shame. You know how we have, like Christians are notorious for this. We have our vision boards. I have one. Don't knock it. You know, we put up like the picture of the house we want that has like the amazing backyard and the pool. And you have like what you want for your kids, the vacation, the ski trip, everything you want, your vision board. I have never seen a vision board with the magazine words, word letters cut out saying fool, stupid, poverty, shame. Like that's no one's goal for their life. That is not what we want for our lives. Yet how many of us don't receive correction and that's where our lives are headed? The Bible is so clear about where our lives are headed if we don't receive correction. You know, when I was in college, I was in a really long relationship for about five years. And this is where you should plug your ears, honey, because he likes to pretend I never dated anyone before him. So in a relationship for about five years, about halfway through this relationship, he came home to meet my family in Oregon. My mother and my grandmother met him, and although he was a great guy, they said, he's a good guy. But they actually knew, they didn't say it at this point, they knew he wasn't the one for me. This is two and a half years into the relationship, but they both knew it. And at one point, they tried to talk to me about this, to tell me that they actually knew he wasn't the one for me. But because I was such a bucker, I would not hear it. It was just like, don't get all up in my business. And I shut them down. I wouldn't listen to their, their opinions. It was just like, I, I was right. Like, you were wrong. Like, I don't want to hear it. Just stay out of my business. So another two and a half years later, I was still dating this person. And again, he was a good guy, but not the right guy for me. It was five years I could have spared myself. So much heartache, so many tears, and five years of my life if I would have just listened to what my mother and my grandmother had to say. 
We need to listen to the wise people in our worlds. You know, I know Pastor Jurgen mentioned Samson this morning, but you'll find his story beginning in Judges. And I'm going to read Judges 14, verses 1 through 3. It says, Now Samson went down to Timnah and saw a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. So he went up and told his father and mother, saying, I have seen a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me as a wife. Then his father and his mother said to him, Is there no woman among the daughters of your brethren or among all the people that you must go get a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said to his father, Get her for me. She pleases me well. Parents, don't let your kids boss you. Side note, but don't let them boss you. Samson, I can guarantee you, he was that kid that was crying and wanting another cookie, and his parents didn't want to deal with his tantrum, so they gave him another cookie. And now we have someone who's a grown adult saying, get her for me. So he didn't even just disobey his parents and go against the wise counsel of his parents. He fully disobeyed and went against the counsel of his heavenly father because they were not to intermarry with the pagan nation, with the Philistines, with the unbelieving people. And we know what happened to Samson. So his father goes and gets her for him and they have a seven-day wedding feast so they're getting they're getting married and they're having a feast you know and and in the middle of this feast you know samson decides to uh propose a riddle to his new philistine family and he said if you solve this riddle i'm going to give you all these rewards so for seven days during this feast they weren't able to solve the riddle so the philistines came to samson's new wife who he shouldn't have married in the first place and it's like go entice him go trick him for us go trick him and, and make him tell you the riddle and this is what the bible says Samson, Samson's wife says, you only hate me. You don't love me. Why don't you explain the riddle to me? And wept on him for seven days. She wept and wept and was so annoying that on day seven of their wedding feast, he told her the riddle. So then what does she do? She betrays her husband, Samson, and tells her Philistine family. So they solve the riddle and betrays Samson. And he's so angry and he goes down and kills like 30 men and freaks out. Hey, this is during his wedding. Like, this should just not happen. So day seven into the marriage, it was already like, <laughs> like, that should be like the funnest time of your life. But day seven, he's already miserable. And his wife, who he shouldn't have married, betrays him. And then guess what Samson does? He says, oh, and then it said, the Bible says that he gave her to his best man. He's like, I'm over you. Seven days in, gives her away. And next we find Samson, then he sleeps with a harlot, and then he's enticed by Delilah, another Philistine. And then we know what Delilah did. She tricked him too, and then made him tell the secret of how he has his strength. And then he gets bound up, and then the enemies capture him, and then they pluck his eyeballs out, and then he becomes a slave. Then he ends up killing himself in the temple with a whole bunch of Philistines. All because he did not listen to the wise counsel of his parents. So the moral of that story is, listen to your parents about the person you're going to marry or your eyes are going to get plucked out and you're going to die in a temple with Philistines. Just kidding. 
And I know it is never easy. Oh my goodness, I have been on both sides. I've been the one giving correction and I've been on the side continually of receiving correction. It is never easy to have someone that you care about, that's in your world, that comes to you and confronts a bad attitude that you have or a character issue or, you know, this path that you're headed down or this person you started dating and they have an opinion of him that's not the best. Like, I know it's so hard when people come to you and, you know, you know, confront that critical spirit that you have or that lazy work ethic that you have. I know it is difficult. Proverbs 3.11 my son, do not despise the chastising of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father, the son in whom he delights. The people are telling you that because they love you. We need to allow ourselves to be pruned. We must allow ourselves to be pruned by the people in our world that are bringing the wise counsel and correction. In John 15, 1 through 2, it says this, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. And I've read this before in another message, but I want to read it again. This is actually the process of pruning. It says, growers often neglect the annual training and pruning of fruit trees. Without training and pruning, however, fruit trees will not develop proper shape and form. Properly trained and pruned trees will yield high-quality fruit much earlier in their lives and live significantly longer. A primary objective of training and pruning is to develop a strong tree framework that will support fruit production. Improperly trained fruit trees generally have very upright branches that are angled, which result in serious limb breakage under heavy fruit load. Trees must be pruned to increase their strength so they can bear the fruit load they were intended to carry. If you refuse to listen to correction and allow people to prune away those areas in your life that the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you about, you actually put a ceiling over your life. You limit, you limit what good God can do in you and through you, not just in your personal life, but for the kingdom. You put a ceiling over your life and the people in your world are telling you these things that are difficult to hear because they love you and they want to see you flourish and grow into the house of God in the house of God. So we need to be able to take it. We must take correction. Let's go one step deeper into that. We need to ask for it. We need to ask and we need to seek wise counsel. Proverbs 1.5, a wise man will hear and an increase learning and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. Proverbs 11:14 Where there is no counsel the people fall but in a multitude of counselors there is safety. Proverbs 15:22 Without counsel plans go awry but in the multitude of counselors they are established. Now I'm not talking about getting counsel and asking people's opinions and like what kind of eggs you want to have that morning. Like don't be annoying, like make a decision. I'm talking about like the life-altering decisions, like who you're going to marry. Should I start this business? Should I take this job? Should I move? Should I start having a family now? Like all of those life-altering decisions, you need to seek wise counsel. And we need to seek wisdom from the ones that have gone before us. 
Wisdom says I can learn from your mistakes and not have to make them for myself. And I've heard it said, well, I just have to learn the hard way. That is so stupid. Stupid. I have to learn the hard way? Really? Did you know what? I know a lot of people who said, I want to learn the hard way. And guess where they're at? They're addicted to drugs. They have STDs. And they're so off the rails. Their life is so far off the path they ever intended it to go. I know this beautiful girl in high school. She was actually one of uh, the top ranking, you know, not a valedictorian, but she was up there. Beautiful girl, athlete. Oh my gosh. She started dating this, this person that people warned her about. I was like, he's not a good guy. He has a reputation. Well, she ended up getting into a relationship with him, ignoring the wise counsel. She actually contracted an STD that is uncurable and is not very pretty. And then when she met the love of her life four years later, she had to break that news to him that they will never be able to have unprotected sex in a marriage relationship and then to not expose him to this disease. She had wise counsel. She didn't ask for it. People tried to give it to her and she ignored it. That is the rest of her life. Don't learn the hard way. Learn from other people's mistakes and ask for counsel. So who are you seeking counsel from? Are they people that are telling you what you want to hear? Or are they people that will tell you the truth? Because there's a difference. You know, when Daryl Strawberry was here, and I, just, I was like, babe, he was the baseball player, right? For a second, I was like, football? No, no, no. He was the baseball player. He, this, is, this stuck with me. He said, where I went wrong, I was surrounded by yes people. No one would tell me no. So he was going astray, asking for things that were illegal, cheating on us. No one would tell him no. No one would tell him no. You need to seek counsel from the right people, the people that will tell you the truth. So who are those people? You need to judge a tree by its fruit. Not talking about apples and oranges. Matthew 7, 16 through 20. You will know them by their fruit. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, and a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruit, you will know them. I'm not going to seek marriage advice and marriage counsel from someone who's on their fifth divorce. Wisdom tells me, probably not the best. I'm not going to seek business counsel as I'm starting up a business from someone who's never actually succeeded in business. Do they have good fruit in their life? No, I'm going to seek marriage counsel from someone's marriage that I admire, that's flourishing, that they love each other, that they've gone through things and they're still stronger than ever. I'm going to go to that business person who's been successful, that's, that has prosperity in his life because he's been diligent and and you know, faithful with what God has given him. Those are the people, the people that have good fruit in their life are the people that I'm going to seek counsel from. And, you know, I find it interesting in James 1, 5. It says this, 
If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives liberally to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. So the Bible says, ask God for wisdom and he'll give it to you. So then I found myself going, then why does he say 18 times over to seek wisdom and counsel from other people? That's interesting. But I'll tell you why we don't just need to ask God for wisdom and why we do need to seek wise counsel. Because I met an individual who came to me. He was a Christian. And he told me that he wasn't happy in his marriage. Nothing you know, went awry. He, just, he wasn't happy anymore and that he had prayed to God and God had given him a word and God said that he should divorce his wife. Christian person. And I had to ask myself and ask him, like, does that actually line up with scripture? Like, do you really think it's, I don't think that's God, my friend. It does not line up with scripture. God cannot lie. How could he contradict himself? But then I thought, the only way God would tell him to divorce his wife is because he was trying to spare her from his stupidity. But even then, I'm like, no. God wouldn't say that. So not just seek wise counsel from people that have good fruit in their lives. When they give you that counsel, does it line up with the word of God? And if it's contradictory, then you don't listen. Because even Christians can give, just because they're good people, it does not equal good counsel. Sometimes we make mistakes. You must confirm it with the word of God. So, we've got to ask for it. We've got to ask for wisdom. And then when we get that wisdom, does it line up with the word of God? Number three, you've got to speak it. You have got to speak the truth. I was in Starbucks recently, and I'm sitting writing a message and I'm just typing away on my phone, and I'm facing, like, the, the counter where you order. And I happened to notice that a very tall man came in, and it was very obvious that he could not see. He was blind. He had the dark glasses on, and he had um, the cane, the walking stick. And he's, you know, going like this. And I obviously notice him right away. And um, first thing he does is run into a display rack, knocking everything over. I mean, you, di you did not, not notice him come in. So everyone's like now in line. So I'm writing my message and I see him do this and people are like helping him and they kind of like direct him to the line. And then he starts bumping into everybody in line. No one is saying a word. No one is saying, excuse me, sir, like right here, just stand right here. Like I'm watching this like unfold. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like no one is helping this person? And he keeps, oh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. And then, he, then they finally, the lady, he hears say, you know, like, can I take your order? He realizes he's at the counter, places his order. And then you know how you have to keep walking. Then you go wait to like do the pickup counter. So then he makes his way down there and he gets his drink. And then he should then walk this way to like go, you know, out of the store. But he doesn't make the full turn. And he just kind of turns around and cuts it short. And then he starts going backwards down the order line. I'm still watching this like mortified. I'm like waiting for like candid camera to come out. I'm like, this is crazy. So no one is saying anything. And he's going back down the order line. No one says a word. And they're all just going like this, like, mm, 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 mm. like annoyed that he's blind. I'm like, he is blind. 
He's why he cannot see you. Like, don't look at him with disgust. And I'm sitting here just like, you're kidding me, you're kidding me. Like, a camera's going to come out and laugh, and it's going to be funny. And I'm waiting, wait, no, no, no. So he, he goes down, bumps into the same display rack, people. And at this point, I'm like, I got to get up. I got to get up. So I leave all my stuff, and I'm like, sir, oh, want me to help you out? And I was like, come on. And I, like, put his arm on my arm. And we're walking. But what was interesting is he was very uncomfortable when I offered my help. I could tell he was mortified. He felt so uncomfortable and awkward. And so there was like this resistance when I offered him my arm. And so I was like, oh, I'm just, but I'm gonna get him to the door. I'm just gonna get him to the door. I'm like, I'm ignoring the awkwardness. So I get him to the door and I'm like, here's the door. Like, are you okay? And I'm thinking I should probably walk with him farther. But I just like, oh, and he's like, I'm okay. So I open the door and he walks out. You think that's the end of my story. So because we were both uncomfortable, I didn't offer to continue to walk with him. And he walks straight into an umbrella pole. And then not just an umbrella pole, you guys. There was three tables that had four chairs each. And then he gets tangled up in this circle of tables. And he's like doing this and hitting all the chairs. And he cannot get out of the chair maze. And people are just staring no one is helping. And finally, another lady in Starbucks that watched me help him out, she's like, I'll go get him. So she leads him out of the table maze and then sends him on his way. I should have walked with him further. But because it was awkward and uncomfortable, I just let him go. And then he ran into a pole. Like, people are headed down the wrong path. They are headed down destruction, running into things, injuring themselves, causing all of this trauma, and we're just standing by just watching them do it. Like, who's going to say something and speak the truth? Tell them they're headed the wrong way. Pull them back and put them on the right path. We have to speak the truth even when it's awkward and uncomfortable. Young people, when your friends are starting to make friends with the wrong people, when they're dabbling in drugs, when they start to date someone that you know is not good for them, will you say something? You must stand up and pull them off the path of destruction and get them back on the right path. We need to do that for each other. Proverbs 23, 12 through 14. Apply your heart to instruction and your ears to words of knowledge. Do not withhold correction from a child. For if you discipline him with the rod, he will not die. You shall discipline him with the rod and deliver his soul from hell. Do not withhold correction. You are delivering their soul from destruction. Where is the beautiful Haley DeProza? I saw you earlier. She's back. Stand up, beautiful. This is beautiful Haley. And I've already asked her if I could share this story, so I'm not breaching her trust. But Haley used to live with us a while back. 
And Haley went through a difficult life change about seven months ago. And she didn't live with us at this point anymore, but a woman that was once planted in the house of God, serving, you know, with the youth, I could see her life starting to unravel a little bit on social media. And I did, I felt the Holy Spirit to say to reach out. But I just, then I got busy and I didn't reach out. And then I was just hoping that someone else would reach out. And months went by and I kind of saw all of this continue down a path that I knew was not the right way to go. And then a few weeks ago, or a little bit longer than that, I actually was out to lunch with John and we're walking to the car and I actually saw her doing something that she really shouldn't be doing. And I was actually walking towards her. I was going to say hello. And then when she turned, I saw that she was doing something she shouldn't be doing. And I literally, I just was like, oh gosh, that's awkward. I don't want to make her feel awkward. And the Holy Spirit was like, her awkward or you feel awkward? But I, I just got, I was like, hurry, babe, get in the car, get in the car. I don't want to talk, I don't want to talk to her right now. So I got in the car and drove away. And I just kept thinking, I hope someone has reached out to her. And the Holy Spirit was like, why don't you? reach out to her. Aren't you your brother's keeper? You know, there's a story in the Bible, Cain and Abel, they were brothers. And Cain murders his brother Abel. And the Lord comes to him and says, where is your brother Abel? He actually knew what had happened and knew where he was, but he was asking him, were you willing to care for your brother? And he says, am I my brother's keeper? If we have the attitude that we are not our brother's keeper, that's actually the spirit of a murderer. And I know that's harsh. But the Lord was communicating to us the importance of being our brother's keeper and knowing where our brother is at. And so I called beautiful Haley and I said, we need to get together. And we met for coffee last week, I believe it was. And in that conversation, she talked about how she knew she was making some wrong choices and going down the wrong path. And she's like, I know it was silly, but I was just kind of waiting for someone to pull me back. And I'm thankful that our church has such beautiful people in it. And I know the beautiful Andessa had been reaching out to her and had got her back into the house of God but I actually apologized to her for not reaching out sooner. And the conversation was just so great and she's doing so good and I'm just so proud of her. And there got to that point in the conversation that I had to confront this thing that I saw. I'm like, oh, but God is going so good. Like, we're like having fun. Like if I say something that's really hard and awkward, it might, she might get upset or... It will just turn the feeling of the whole meeting. But I just was, the Holy Spirit was like, you need to say it. And so I just grabbed her cute little hands. I said, I need to talk to you about something. And I said, I was in the parking lot a while back, and I saw you doing this. And I can't watch you go down that road. I said, it is not the path that you want to take it is not good for you. And I said, I'd love you too much for you to go down that road. And she received it so beautifully, and now I'm her accountability partner. And I told her that every once in a while I'm just going to send her a selfie of me going. 
And when she sees that face, she's gonna know I'm asking her if she's being a good girl. We have to be our brother's keeper. Can I tell you, at that moment when I was about to say that, the uncomfortable level was about a 10. It was a 10. But it's not about my comfort. It's about pulling people back off a path of destruction. We got to get over that I'm not comfortable. It's never comfortable. You know, and it's difficult because you're not always seen as the good guy. More than once I have heard this about myself. People are kind of scared of you. I'm like, I know, <laughs> including my husband. And I've actually, don't feel bad if you've told me you were scared of me. That's totally cool. Because I've said it too, like, I know people are scared of me. And, but there was an issue where I had to confront something, you know, a week or two ago, and someone had made the comment, everyone's just kind of scared of you. And I kind of got sad for a minute. And I was like, I don't want people to be scared of me. And I was actually emotional about it. And I'm like, God, why are people scared of me? And the Holy Spirit just spoke right in that moment. He says, because you'll tell them the truth. I have seen too many people go down a path of destruction and everyone just sat there and watched him do it because they were too uncomfortable to say something. I cannot, I will not watch someone go down a path that I know leads to destruction and let them go. And if you don't like me for a little bit, that's okay with me. I'd rather have you not like me for a moment, but save your life than you for to like me, but you go to destruction. Proverb 28, 23 says, he who rebukes a man will find more favor afterward than he who flatters with the tongue. So they may not like you very much in the moment, but they will be thanking you afterwards. And I do know there is an art to be able to speak the truth in love. And I am still working on it. I'm just really straightforward and I try to add fluff. I'm not that good at the fluff, but I, I, I am working on it. But what I've been learning is I need to say things to people how I would want it said to me. If you want people to hear you, how would you want to hear it? But can I challenge you, for those of us, including myself, that sometimes fail in delivering that word of correction just ever so perfectly. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Just because the delivery was a little imperfected, don't disregard it. Chew on the meat, spit out the bones. And what I have found is that correction without a relationship is really difficult. When the Lord asked him, where is your brother? 
that implies a relationship. So I'm not asking you to go be Holy Spirit juniors, confronting people, correcting people that you don't even know. Like that, I have never actually had that go well for me. I've tried. I've tried. I was standing in the target line about seven years ago trying to return something in their stupid policy. I couldn't return it, and I asked for three different managers, and I was arguing, 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 telling them how ridiculous it was, and da, 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 da. and John's just is mortified. Like, I, I made everything an issue. And he's like, he pulls me aside, and he's like, seriously, babe, you're trying to change company policy right now? Like, you don't have to make everything an issue. I'm like, yeah, you're right. So I am learning it. We don't, so don't make everything an issue, but out of that place of relationship where they know that you have their best interests in mind, that they, that, that they know that your heart is for them in that dynamic, you're able to bring that word of correction because they know they're saying it because they love you. We've got to speak the truth. And the last point that I have is we need to live in the balance. We need to live in the balance between one day being the one who's giving wise counsel and then the next day maybe receiving some correction. We need to live in the balance. Proverb 9, 8, and 9. Do not correct a scoffer lest he hate you. Rebuke a wise man and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man and he will be still wiser. Teach a just man and he will increase in learning. So we never arrive. No matter how old we are, how wise we are, how mature we are, what title we hold, we never arrive. The Bible tells us in Philippians 1.6 that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ. We are a work in progress until Jesus comes back. We never graduate from being in a position where we need to receive and to hear wisdom and correction. And my vow is that I would never go back to being a bucker. And I know I kind of almost laugh when I say that, that word. It's funny. I never want to be that person again. I always want to stay in that teachable place. So when Pastor Leanne had to call me three weeks ago and tell me, she only had to start because I knew. I'm a good self-corrector. Like I've learned to listen to the Holy Spirit. And in the moment when I'm being an idiot, I know I'm being an idiot. And the Holy Spirit's like, why are you being an idiot? So I'm like, I'm a, I'm a self-corrector, but I'm doing it. And I'm still being an idiot. And I was like, oh no. And so I left and Leanne calls me and she's being all sweet and doing the fluff like she should because she's a good pastor. And then she like said the first line. I'm like, I know, I know, I know. I was being such a brat. I know, I know. I've already dealt with it. I've repented and I'm, I'm going to be better. She's like, oh, I love you, Victoria. <laughs> like, I 
want to always be teachable. Oh my gosh, the, the teachable people in my life, I love them so much. Oh my gosh, I love all of our service leaders. We have the Hubbards and the Fullers and the Tuggles and the Robins. And you know what I love about them? When, when they're up here and, and we're training them and teaching them and, you know, growing them into who God wants them to be, you know, in that role, they invite feedback. How did we do? Did I, did we like, was that joke too inappropriate? <laughs> like, did I, did I cross the line? Like they are, they are asking for feedback and oh my gosh, can I tell you? So when you have to have that uncomfortable conversation where someone doesn't want to hear it and they're going to argue with you and not listen to your wise counsel versus what, what, what can we learn? Like, what do we, what can we do better next time? There is no limit to what God can do with someone who has that teachable spirit. So I just pray that we would be a church that can take correction. We'd be a church that asks for wise counsel and that we would be a church that's able to speak the truth in love and that we would always be able to live in the balance of being able to give, receive, give wisdom one day, but then need to receive it the next. Can we do that, church? <laughs>